This is Living Truth Podcast, where our purpose is to help you understand the Bible better, live its truth more completely, and experience your relationship with Jesus more deeply. I'm Tom Hine, and I'm your host and resource person in partnership with various guests who engage with us in dynamic conversation and stories from their own lives. Hello, everybody. We're glad to have you with us today. We are continuing our series on other religions, and today we're going to be talking a little bit about what some people would call the health and wealth gospel. Some people call it the name it, claim it. There are other terms that people use, and basically the idea behind it is that some Christians believe that it is our right to be healthy and wealthy and to experience healing. And so Jake is with us also today. Howdy. Thanks for and letting me jump in. Yeah, it's great. And so we're going to be kind of just go freewheeling a little bit here today. And we might go in a few different directions. But a part of what I'd like to do is to think about this issue from the global perspective, from the United States perspective, and then a little more personally at the end okay i'm looking forward to this all right me too and so one of the reasons why i thought it'd be good to talk about it is i'm taking off for liberia in about three or four weeks and they asked me during the apologetics class that i'm teaching to address this issue because it's a huge issue all around the world Mm -hmm. everywhere i go when i travel I see churches that this is kind of the basis that they have for what they do in ministry. A lot of the pastors don't necessarily have a lot of education or training. And this is something that you do somewhat see in the United States and overseas. It's not the same kind of rigorous theological, biblical Mm -hmm. education that we have. Yeah. Do you think why it's so popular kind of? around the world is that lack of education or is there a like another motivating or cultural reason you think it's so popular well i think it's uh i think that's just more of an issue of the fact that people want to jump to easy kinds of answers quickly I suppose it's a nice thing to believe in isn't it yeah that I, mean, I think that's more the motivation is that it comes out of the desire that all of us have to experience these kinds of overflowing quote quote good things of more materialism more money better health more happiness of course we right we just have that desire within us it can be channeled in various kinds of ways and and of course we're not saying that any of these things are wrong the question is what's our hope Mm mm-hmm the book that I picked up for the class I'll be teaching over in Liberia is called The Abandoned Gospel. And it's written by primarily Africans, and so I think that will be helpful in that context. And the point that they make is that when people only focus on being healthier, being more successful, gaining more wealth, that it just focuses on the wrong aspects of following Jesus. It's not the the gospel, but, well, I was thinking about it on the way here. It's really focusing on hype. 
mm-hmm. versus hope. Ooh, yeah, I like that. I yeah. Like that. What we can get rather than what he's already done for us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And again, we're uh, to pray for our needs. Jesus tells us, here's how you pray and pray for daily bread. Uh, but in this kind of an approach to Christianity, you're not only praying for daily bread, you're praying, praying for bread upon bread upon bread mm-hmm. uh, for a thousand million uh, years yeah. forthcoming. And so I think it's popular overseas because people do live in such financial despair and they don't have access oftentimes to the medical care that we have. And so in one sense... You kind of get it. Kind of a, a Hail Mary almost of, if I can't get this from where I'm at, if I can't get it through hospitals in my area, then may as well try this this yeah. preacher down the road who's saying that if I pray hard enough and have enough faith, then I'll be healthy. And Yeah, Hail Mary is a whole other issue, well, whether yeah. we're talking <laughs> yeah, about probably not football <laughs> or whether we're talking about Roman right. Catholicism. Right. Yeah, sorry <laughs> about that bad metaphor, <laughs> bad turn of phrase. <laughs> but... We understand uh, the metaphor. It is uh, this, yeah, this intense desire to have these things. And so I've been in lots of contexts where this is one of the primary things going on within that local church or that local group of churches. And that is one of the places I do go and teach because there's such a need to be grounded in what is true and right and good and pure and what is gospel truth and not just things that go way beyond what scripture teaches Mm -hmm. so i've been for example in churches where every saturday they have what they would call a deliverance meeting and they do have testimonies of things that god has done i believe those things have happened Mm -hmm. where people have been healed and where people have experienced uh, great things and it's not to take away from any of that it's just to contrast it with one of the places where I was at, there was a student that was clearly suffering from a disease that could have been addressed with some medicine. Mm-hmm. And so they would pray every time he would start shaking. They would pray over him and pray against demonic possession. And I'm thinking... I know there's some help that he could get mm-hmm. from medical doctors. And so these are the kinds of things that, even though they were kind to him, they weren't particularly helpful right. for his situation. I mean, yeah, God could have provided in a way of he's allowed medicine and he's provided in that way rather than looking for some hype. Exactly. Yeah, like God's that. created medicine. Yeah. We know that Luke was a doctor. He traveled with Paul, and Paul surely needed mm-hmm. people to come alongside of him in a medical yeah. kind of way. And he talks help. to Timothy about taking wine in a medical way, too, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, clearly James not talks a... about oil, mm-hmm. and we won't get into essential oils, but just the oil part of it is just a way medicinally to address yeah. a wound. And so. Yeah, it's all it's the cutting edge medicine they had at the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And so one of the things is that overseas there's these huge churches. In fact, I'm told that where I'm going to be teaching there in Liberia, that close by the place where we're staying, 
is a church called Winner's Chapel that is of this disposition. That's an interesting name. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, a lot of these churches have these kinds (laughs) of names, Victory Christian Center and Word of Faith Center, and it's always very positive, very overcoming. And again, Scripture talks about overcoming, Yeah. but what's the basis of overcoming? Right, and it's not us. Yeah. Yeah, it's him. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So the bad part of it is the pastor there gets on a microphone loudspeaker every morning at 6 a.m. and (laughs) prays out loud for 20 minutes. So we'll be up bright and early in Liberia time. Don't need to set an alarm, huh? Well, I don't know what will happen with sleep because it's the exact opposite of the sleep schedule here. So maybe we need that. Uh, Anyway, my point being that I was talking with another pastor and I can't remember what country it was in South Africa, but he was telling me that they have a gathering where like 30 or 40,000 people come across from across the country every year, and they're involved in a week-long kind of activities where they're just constantly healing, constantly praying over people, constantly casting out demons. And just this, this is kind of the global kind of, hype that mm-hmm. goes on and the problem is that we exported it to them yeah yeah i don't doubt that so when you teach kind of teach truth in opposition to this false gospel what does your teaching kind of entail what's an overview of it obviously you're not going to be able to do a whole class right now but yeah well this is the first time that i've been asked yeah. to specifically focus on this particular issue usually what we're doing is We're trying to teach pastors and leaders how to understand and interpret the Bible uh, better, and then we might throw in a little bit of something about this particular issue. But this time, uh, since I've been specifically asked to address it, I'll be going to a few passages. For example, one of the things that is often done is passages where it talks about being prosperous. For example, over in Joshua chapter 1, it talks about um, you'll have prosperity and success. There's a few places in the New Testament where the word prosperity is used, and immediately where some people go is that means financial prosperity, Mm -hmm. rather than the prosperity of our soul. And so We'll be talking, taking a look at the context of some of those passages and just asking the question, what's really being addressed here? Mm-hmm. Some, um, some people from this persuasion will say that Jesus was very, very rich because he had this entourage of people that traveled with him and that... He provided for them, and they have this idea that goes along with their approach. They say the Apostle Paul, as a rabbi, was rich, whereas Paul says, I've learned to be content. Right, right. Whether in good times, bad times. Yeah, to have much or to have none. When rich or poor. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And likewise, Jesus, we know that Jesus himself said that his followers, for example, will sometimes have no place to lay their head. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, it says, left the riches of glory of heaven. He had everything. Yeah. He's 
ruler overall. Even if he was rich here on earth, it still would have been meaningless <laughs> exactly, compared nothing. to what he had in heaven. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, pavement, Philippians Pavement two. of gold. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He poured himself out mm-hmm. for us. Uh, he became poor so we could become rich, it mm-hmm. says over in Second Corinthians. And so that's taken out of context. And some people take that extremely literally instead of thinking about the grace of God that comes to us. Right. They said, see, right there, it hmm. says... That we it seems riches. like you would have to go into the Bible looking for that to prove it, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a pretext. Yeah, and yeah. coming in knowing what you're looking for, and oh yeah, that says that there. Yeah, really, but yeah, I could see that. Yep. So that's one of the things, and just kind of jumping to, we can go back to the worldwide perspective yeah. if we get a chance, but jumping to the American context. A lot of this happens, I think, from our perspective on television. We don't have quite as many churches here in this part of the Midwest that have this kind of approach. But certainly you can turn on television. Yeah, I would be more familiar with this in terms of, yeah, who I turn on on Sunday morning if I'm missing church. And, oh, no, I don't really want to watch that. Or um, all the the books that are on yeah, in, lots the, of in books. The, the used section of Goodwill under the Christian section. Just exactly. Mr. How to be happy and healthy. Yep. Mr. Osteen's face, of course. Yeah, Joel Osteen, 38,000 members. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. <laughs> and so he's up there smiling and he's giving kind of his light version mm-hmm. of Christianity. And so he would be an example Another person that I actually would watch occasionally is a guy by the name of Rod Parsley, just because I love to see his intensity. Mm-hmm. And he does things like he says, "You are soldiers of the faith," and he just he says, "It's the blood of Christ." And yeah. you know, he's just he'd always have a like a rag that he wiped mm-hmm. the sweat off yeah. his brow with, yeah. and. You can probably find him still on television. Yeah. Joyce Meyer is kind of the female version mm-hmm. of this. Very excellent speaker. Yeah, they they always are. Yeah. Very compelling. <laughs> Com- completely. That's the hype part of it. Yeah. And, you know, hype can be good mm-hmm. uh, in, in the right context with truth mm-hmm. behind it. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not something that and I'm personally good at, good at but yeah. the hype part of it, um, delivered with power, delivered with purpose, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it can be good, but we got to be grounded in truth. Yeah. Well, and the hype can't be everything. You can't, right? You can't eat a meal that's all sizzle and no steak. Like yeah, you've exactly. Gotta, Good way. You've got to have it. truth. Yep. Yeah. So John Piper has an article that he calls "How to Talk to Family and Friends About Prosperity Teaching," and he makes the point that number one, we need to think about this from a totally biblical theology perspective. And that's a part of actually what I did in my doctoral thesis was Mm -hmm. take a biblical theology of suffering and then look at what does suffering mean for us. And so that's why I call the book A Journey Through Suffering. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what John Piper gets at as well. He talks about Revelation 21 is the place, the time where that ultimate healing takes place right and to remember and to focus on that's the good news of the gospel mm-hmm. we won't the, be made whole here on earth necessarily because this is not our home we're just passing through yeah we don't have to fake it to yeah. make it yeah i mean i i've had different experiences down through the years i'm sure you have as well like 
I remember a young man we took to a conference, and he was of this persuasion. He got sick coming home from the conference, and he said, as we were traveling along, and we had to stop so he could get out of the car and throw up, uh, he said, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. Oh. He said, "He said, uh, I ate something. I ate something. Uh, that uh, He said, I ate something that is now coming out. Uh, but he could not admit that he could be sick. Because being sick would either be a fault of God or yeah, a, a I mean, not lack of faith, faith on, on his, his part. part. Wow. Yeah, and I've had other people yeah. exactly that have said anybody can experience healing in yeah. this life if they have enough faith. Yeah, but that puts a terrible burden on a yeah. person. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, it doesn't. So, what do they do with something like? Paul seemed to have some sort of, it, I, it seems to me, some sort of ailment or... When he talked about the thorn, yeah, the in, the thorn flesh. in his side. Yeah, that, yeah they yeah. wouldn't say that it was a physical ailment necessarily. I mean, that is a, a little bit of a tough yeah. kind of a passage. Some people do believe it was some people that were right, thorn right. in the flesh or that was just an irritation of yeah. some kind. And I don't know exactly what they do with it, yeah. but it does seem to ignore passages that talk about what suffering does. First Peter 4, right. 13, rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Second mm -hmm. Corinthians 4, 16 talks about this when it talks about we're outwardly wasting away and yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day mm -hmm. and th this is the big part of the problem is it's focused on the wrong things right focused it's... on outward stuff yeah that doesn't matter the the tent we currently reside in rather than the mansions and our eternal dwelling in heaven yeah that's yeah and it doesn't sad. mean we don't care it doesn't mean yeah. we aren't concerned for how someone else feels or what they're experiencing it doesn't mean that we don't try to be better in terms of how we feel mm -hmm. physically or that we go out and work hard and receive monies or that we um, go forward in faith asking god to do great things this means we're not just always focused on mm -hmm. our own self-improvement mm -hmm. we're we're under the Lordship of Jesus. We're walking his walk. Um, we are crucified to self, and Christ lives in me, Galatians 2.20. We're mm -hmm. taking up our cross daily, following him, Luke 9.23. And another article that I read, is uh, the title was The Gods of, Pros of the Prosperity Gospel. Mm -hmm. Again, kind of that aspect that they're false idols mm -hmm. that are being put before people when this becomes the focus. Because you're, you're, you're worshiping your health, you're worshiping your social standing, you're worshiping your bank account or your, your assets. Yeah, you're just you're pursuing just, the wrong yeah, things. It's under the guise of Christianity, but really you're, what you want most is those things and those... Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. So for me personally, and I think for a lot of the people who listen to this podcast, they're... They're not likely to be, oh, I'm down there. Let me visit Osteen's church. Or, like, I don't think they would necessarily be persuaded to go to those types of churches. How does it sneak in, or how does that, that type of thinking sneak into a more evangelical church? Yeah. Into our own lives. Yeah, that's what I say. I think in the Midwest, we're much more subtle about it. Mm -hmm. 
And so we, me, mm -hmm. uh, we like good things. Yes. I like good things. We like to uh, have success, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, like I say, uh, all those things are a part of who we are. And again, we're not saying that success is bad. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a matter of what is my focus. And mm -hmm. it's a battle every day. Mm -hmm. What is it that is first and foremost in my mind, mm -hmm. in your mind, in yeah. all of our minds, our hearts, um, what we think about, what we're passionate about, what we're doing, what we're spending our time on. I mean, that, bottom line, we're yeah. kind of all um, in that same boat, yeah. tempted by those same idols. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. It is so easy and I don't know, there's just all the ads we're constantly bombarded with all the everything that is just constantly pushing us culture is defined success in a specific way and completely we, yeah we have a very just sometimes we have just a tweaked but just a slightly christianified version of that but still yeah like value I say, everything else we're kind of smooth about it yeah. and we're middle class midwest we have some education. We tend to think that people are involved in this stuff. or And I, I really did not mean any kind of slight. We, we think that uh, they're uneducated, mm -hmm. and uh, we would never right. be involved in that kind of yeah. stuff. And, of course, when you're hurting physically, this does become a major prayer request. And we mm -hmm. go through Psalms. I love when I'm hurting, whether it's physically, emotionally, reading through the Psalms, crying out, how long, O Lord, is a repeated refrain, and God, here I am, and um, here's what's going on. But once again, it's a little bit misguided mm -hmm. if that's the only thing mm -hmm. that I'm ever praying. Yeah, and there seems to be a difference between praying confidently versus kind of this idea of name it and claim it because that almost seems to put it in your own in your court of if i have enough faith if i pray confidently enough then god will do this it's kind of formulaic in a way isn't it yeah it really is the god the person who thinks they have god like a puppet on a string mm -hmm. that if you pray the right prayers they one of the phrases they pray in Jesus name over mm -hmm. and over and over and over again. Yes, we are called to pray in Jesus name, but we don't have to use that like a magic formula. Mm -hmm. It's not it, witchcraft. No, exactly. If our heart is submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ, He knows it, mm -hmm. and we can say in Jesus name. But yeah, we don't control mm -hmm. God. God is Lord mm -hmm. and Master and. He is sovereign mm -hmm. and overall, and so it is a different kind of approach. Jesus himself prays, not your will, but not my will, but yours. Yes, exactly. And so if Jesus is going to do that, it feels like we should, we could emulate that. Completely. So, yeah, that's a part of it is it's a wrong focus, wrong approach. Um, it's a false gospel, mm -hmm. an abandoned gospel, so... Whether we're talking about our own selves, whether we're talking about what we see on TV, whether we're talking about what happens overseas, that's part of the antidote is just getting back to the true gospel. And Romans 8 talks about being conformed to the Lord Jesus Christ. It talks in Romans 8 about how 
the world is in disarray and the world is groaning and in this life we're always going to be groaning mm-hmm. yeah but that's okay because it's temporary exactly it's not, it's not where we are forever it is just a blip in the exactly light of eternity another issue that comes up what hap- what do you say to people that have a disability if you're telling them that everybody will be healed if mm-hmm. they have enough faith if you're telling them that you can get out of that wheelchair you can overcome that disability for sure if you have enough faith well cut could do it mm-hmm. but we can't demand that god heal on the spot instantly yeah yeah that leaves them in a in a terrible spot yeah, t- horrible like very depressing place to be in it's just well i must not have enough faith or yeah exactly uh, hmm, another thing well. piper talked about in the article he was talking about his wife being involved with johnny erickson and her ministry hmm. where she supplies wheelchairs around the world for people dealing with quite the opposite situations. What's that? I said quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. <laughs> and what she told him was that she has a very hard time getting support from churches that have this kind of a theology, mm-hmm. which yeah. makes sense. You can, yeah, you can yeah. understand. That's, that's just terrible, though. It is. And God calls us to minister to the whole person. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, he sometimes does miraculous things and sometimes he doesn't that's his prerogative Mm -hmm. and the question that when i'm crying out and hurting trying to also ask god what are you doing in the midst of this hurt in the midst of this trouble what are you teaching me what are you teaching my small group what are you teaching my church what are you teaching us as a family Mm -hmm. going through this I like that. I like that. How you're growing us in the midst of this situation. Yeah, I want to get out of it. Yeah. But also change me as I ask for a change in the situation. Yeah, because the Bible talks about suffering so much to ignore all of that and say, oh, God just wants you to be happy and successful. It minimizes that so much. I mean, that's one of the questions I get asked a lot as a youth pastor is, well, doesn't God just want me to be happy? And, I mean, you were talking about kind of focus and priority, and our temporary happiness is not what ultimately is best for us sometimes. Yeah, you've, I'm sure, studied it and probably respond to young people. You need to understand the difference between happiness and joy. Mm -hmm. Happiness is very external. I can be very happy on a roller coaster Mm -hmm. or very afraid <laughs> <laughs> depending on your feelings yeah, yeah. About roller coasters. but some yeah. people define that as happy yeah. in the midst of uh, being on the roller coaster but that's a very very different kind of happiness than the joy mm-hmm. that the lord provides for us mm-hmm. over in psalm 73 it talks about uh, my flesh and my heart may fail but mm-hmm. god is my strength and mm-hmm. my joy forever yeah it's because so much more yeah. meaningful it's so much more real than the happiness from a nice car and a nice garage and a nice house and a nice job and the promotion everything that these churches sometimes push us towards or say is possible. Yeah, one of the biggest 
testimonies to me was a pastor I knew once from Uganda, and he had gone through the time when there was a guy by the name of Idi Amin, way before you were born probably, uh, Jake, but uh, Idi Amin just tore the country of Uganda apart, and many, many people died and were involved in civil conflict, and it was a terrible time in Uganda. And he shared his testimony, and then at the end of his testimony, he quoted from Habakkuk, and you probably heard this, but it's a good way to end, I think, Habakkuk chapter 3, 17 through 18, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. And prosperity theology, health and wealth theology, you're not living out the no. truth of that verse. No. And no. the whole book of Habakkuk talks about the devastation that is coming mm -hmm. and how to respond in the Still midst of I it. Still rejoice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's powerful. That's way more powerful than naming it and claiming it. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Let's pray together. Absolutely. Lord, uh, we come and recognize that each of our hearts are inclined toward idolatry, and we uh, just come before you and ask that you might form us to be worshipers of you and respond to you on a daily basis. We pray, Lord God, that the truth of your word would be what would form us and change us, and not things that are not to be the focus of our life in Christ. And we recognize these temptations. We recognize that it's hard to stay focused on what is true and good and right. But we pray, I pray for every person hearing this, just grow us a little bit closer to you and teach us a little more about how to follow you better. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>